Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two groups on today's show. In the second half of the program, I'll be speaking with the YMCA's Lindsay Mondick about a great water safety program that's being offered to kids in the area. Up first is Kelly Martin. She's with a group called Roll Call. Kelly, how are you doing today? Fine, thank you. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank I'm you glad for you uh, you made the big drive from Fort Worth. <laughs> I keep having uh, people come in. It seems uh, from further and further away. For the first couple of years of doing the show, it was really close to uh, downtown Dallas, but I'm extending it to the Fort Worth area, and I'm glad that you made the drive. Thank you. Let's talk about roll call. This organization became or came to me, highly recommended, and you're helping veterans. So, what is roll That's call? Correct. What do you guys do? Well, roll call is a nonprofit organization that works to honor and serve veterans. And we do that in a variety of ways. One, we provide a regular venue for camaraderie and fellowship. And second, we have volunteers that go and visit with the veterans and we learn about their stories. We compile profiles of their service history and we share those on our Facebook page. Um, We also have a mail call program where we send birthday cards, Veterans Day cards. If we find out one of our members is sick or in the hospital, we'll send them cards. We also send, you know, dispatch volunteers to go visit them in the hospital, rehab centers, summer and assisted living facilities. So basically our overall mission is to honor and serve the men and women who served us. I think that this organization is fascinating because you're you are helping veterans. You know, if they need that's that's a key component to this organization. If they need something or if they need help with somebody, you guys are there to fill that gap or that need. But really, it's a lot about taking care of these guys in a more personable, emotional sense. And also, I love the fact that you guys really focus on telling their stories. It's not necessarily that this guy is just a veteran. You paint the whole picture of that guy's life and what they did and how they helped the country and how they helped their buddies and what they did during their time in service. And I think it, it really kind of immortalizes them in a way that would not happen otherwise. Right. We think it's very important to capture their stories, their information, and share that with others. The majority of our members are World War II veterans, believe it or not. I mean, most people don't realize how many of them that are left in the community. And we have around 400 or so members, and about a third of those, 125, 127 of those are World War II veterans. I really did not think it would be that high. There's even more that we haven't reached in the community. Um, So... There's a lot more out there that we don't know, but we don't just serve them. The organization actually started out as a luncheon for World War II vets. A local Fort Worth businessman wanted to find a way to honor and serve World War II veterans. So he invited a few guys, and then he said, hey, what do you guys think about making this a regular thing? 
They thought it was a good idea. So the next month there were eight people and then the next month 15 and it just sort of kept growing until the point to where he decided to make it a nonprofit and raise money to pay for their lunches, but then opened it up to other veterans. More people found out about it. So at our monthly luncheons, we have World War II, Korean, Vietnam, Cold War, peacetime, Gulf War, Desert Storm, all the way down, you know, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. We even partner with the Joint Reserve Base in Fort Worth and have active duty and reservist personnel that attend our luncheons. So we're basically the only organization like this in the North Texas region that I'm aware of that brings together veterans of all eras as well as active duty people on a monthly basis in addition to all these other services that we provide. As as I mentioned, we're honoring and serving them, so we're taking their stories. We're sharing that on our Facebook page. We And like you mentioned earlier, we attend to the social and relational aspects of, of these individuals. There are lots of other organizations that provide financial assistance. We partner with them. So if we find out that uh, one of our veterans needs help with a, a motorized wheelchair, maybe he's having trouble getting it approved through the VA and he needs it right now. Or, for example, one of our veterans, a World War II veteran, had never even applied for VA benefits ever in 70-something years since the war. Wow. So I sent off to get his DD-214s. Luckily, they still had them. Signed him up. But in the meantime, he had a lot of needs that weren't being addressed. He had compression fractures in his spine, all kinds of problems. So we partnered with another nonprofit in Tarrant County, and they bought him a really nice mattress and a bed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You know, it, there's not a specific mission that you guys have as far as helping them with needs like that for the bed. You take the individual, what does that person need, and then you, you address it. Correct. I we, like that that personal touch. Exactly. We It's a case-by-case basis. We actually have an informal needs assessment that we can conduct if necessary, if it's obvious that this person is in need of assistance. Maybe they don't have a lot of family help. Um, so we do this informal needs assessment, and then we link up with other resources in the community to help address their needs. We even have a volunteer licensed master social work person that's a medical social worker for Texas Health Resources who can we dispatch to see people to help the elderly of our veterans with navigating the health care system, which can be challenging. Mm-hmm. She can help find assistance for prescription, you know, if they're having trouble paying for their prescription medication. Um, we help not just the older veterans, but the younger veterans as well. We've gotten them hooked up with organizations that can help pay for treatment or help address if they're having trouble with post-traumatic stress disorder, trouble readjusting some of our younger veterans. We have an organization that has actually paid for a person's private treatment for PTSD. Wow. How long has this organization been around? Three and a half, almost four years. It began in June of 2014. A lot of growth in in a short amount of time. I mean, this basically started as a social club right. for a few guys getting <laughs> lunch together just to right. get together. And now, I mean, this is has blossomed into a, I mean, nearly a full time job for you at least. Right. Is this how you envision this this group when you first got involved? 
When I first got involved in August of 2016, I had met an Iwo Jima survivor, a flamethrower. I met him at a veterans court docket in Tarrant County. He was the guest speaker, and I'm the official researcher for that program. He said, oh, you need to come to this lunch. And I said, okay. So I went to the lunch, and I was flabbergasted. There were about 125, 150 people there maybe, and, and it seemed like it was just huge, and all of these World War II vets and I said, I need to volunteer for this organization. I love it. So I went around and talked to these guys, and I started volunteering from then on out. And then in May of 2017, I found myself as the president of the board of directors. We had some changes in leadership, and the founder needed to step down to take care of his ailing parents and asked me to step in and... I just, some of these programs developed out of the personal relationships that I had developed with some of our veterans and saw a need that could be addressed by assembling volunteers and getting all of these professional resources and people involved that could help us with different aspects of a person's life. And just my background in criminal justice for 23 years and helping people and conducting needs assessments and understanding that it's important to look at the individual as a whole, all of their needs, what can we do, but at the same time stay with our original mission to honor and serve people. All of these different programs developed. So you were able to take your professional life and really help this organization grow. Right. Kelly Martin is my guest today. She is the board president and director of volunteer operations for Roll Call. Their website, roll-call.org. You can also give them a call at 817-888-0209. Befriend a, easy for you to say. <laughs> Befriend a veteran, I think, is maybe one of the coolest things that you guys do. And I know it's a... It's a program that you guys are trying to push more and get more involved with. What what goes on with Befriend a Veteran? Well, we see a veteran maybe that attends our luncheon or maybe we get a phone call from a family member who finds out about our organization and they just want somebody to be there as a friend for this person. For example, we had a phone call from a Haltom City firefighter who said, we get calls to this gentleman's house all the time. He doesn't have any family around. There may be some strain or something in the past. And this guy's a World War II veteran. The local senior citizen center bus comes and picks him up and takes him down to their center during the day and feeds him. And he plays dominoes with his friends. But his house is falling apart. And he really doesn't have anyone except for these strangers. So can you guys help him? So we're like, yes, this is what Befriend a Veteran is for people that, and it's not just about people that don't have any family. It may just, a person may have family and they may enjoy visiting with younger people and telling their story about what they did during the war or just having somebody to go to coffee or breakfast, dinner, whatever, what have you. So we sent a board member out to visit this guy looked around the house, you know, talked to him, see what was going on. We also sent our social worker out there to conduct a, a more formal needs assessment. And now we've got him involved in some different services that he didn't have before that we were able to help him with. 
um, we're trying to get a volunteer in the Halton City area that would be willing to bring him to our monthly luncheon over on the west side of Fort Worth because we think it would be good for him to come and see our program, our luncheon. You know, he goes to the Senior Citizen Center there, but this is specifically for veterans. So that's just one example, you know, of, of what the Befriend a Veteran program is. Were you guys always trying to hook these uh, folks up with programs and services that they would need, or is that something that has kind of developed over the course of time? It just recently developed within the last year or so. The, when Roll Call first began, it was just more about this monthly lunch program for people to come together, just a time to fellowship and eat and have a guest speaker. You know, different examples of that might be having our actual members as speakers on stage to tell their stories and what they did. It also could be a special guest speaker from out in the community that's, for example, we had a retired colonel during the Vietnam War that was shot down and captured over North Vietnam and was a prisoner of war for almost eight years. He spoke at our March lunch program, and he actually drove up from Temple to share his story, and it was very moving. How do most of these veterans find you guys? I mean, you said you're you're helping out like 150 World War II veterans, not to mention Korea, Vietnam, Vietnam the mm-hmm. Gulf, I mean, right. up to today. Right. How do most of the guys find you? I think it's through word of mouth. Especially the older guys. Yes. I don't think a lot of the World War II vets <laughs> are cruising Facebook. Or you I might would be, wrong. be surprised. <laughs> we have quite a few of our World War II vets that are on Facebook, okay. and it's really exciting, and it gives me ammunition to get my parents, who are only in their 70s, who can't even use it. You need, to, you need to get them to it. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's through word of mouth. And then, of course, through our younger generation of veterans, they find us on Facebook. We've really been doing more public relations type activities recently. We took a group of veterans to Dallas Cowboys Stadium for the second annual military combine event. Mm. We have been on maybe one other radio station. We've been on TV a couple of times over the last year, but a lot of it is through word of mouth. People really enjoy what we do in our program, and they're so excited about it, they have to go tell their friends. (laughs) Talk to me about the relationships between the younger military personnel and the older guys. What, What do you see happening between those two groups? Well, it's very heartwarming. The young folks have so much respect for our older veterans. They just look up to them. They worship them because those guys, the greatest generation, you know, Korean and even the Vietnam guys, they really paved the way for our younger generation of veterans. They didn't have all the fancy equipment. They didn't have all the safety procedures and safeguards and the high-tech equipment to protect themselves in these combat situations. Most of our World War II veterans are deaf. They're hard of hearing um, because they stuck cotton in their ears. You know, they didn't have these fancy ear protective devices. They went through hell. I mean, I've talked to hundreds of these guys, guys that were in trenches in the hedgerows over in France when it's 40 below they don't have protective gear. They had to be treated for frostbite. A lot of them have had trouble walking since they were 19, 20 years old because 
they almost froze to death. It messed up their bodies. So it's really nice to see the reverence and respect that our younger generation has for the older generation of veterans. And they're there to serve, even though our younger veterans or even active duty guys are still serving. They may still be currently active. They want to serve the older guys. It's it's a lot of reverence and respect, and it's very nice to see. Now, as much as the older veterans, I'm sure, appreciate that respect, you know, you're talking about how they didn't have the kind of things that the younger guys do mm-hmm. now. Do they like to give the younger guys a hard time? No, not really. They, no? It's, it's actually this mutual respect situation. Okay. They appreciate the reverence and respect that the younger generation gives to them, but then they also come back with, wow, you guys just are fighting a whole different type of war. You guys are so smart. You're using all these technology, and we really appreciate what you're doing. They respect and give thanks to these young men who are following in their footsteps. It's really a neat thing to witness. Kelly Martin is the board president of Roll Call, their website, roll-call.org. Another program that I really like, uh, and it's very simple, mm-hmm. Mail Call. Just sending letters. I don't remember the right. last time I got a letter <laughs> in the mail. It is wonderful. When you get something in the mail that's not a bill. Right. And especially something <laughs> that is personal. I had, yes. I've had a couple of people send me, and they were older, send mm-hmm. me thank you notes in the mail for being on the show. And they're like a prized possession because right. it's just, it's so neat to get mail. It's wonderful. And that's, that's really what you guys are doing with Mail Call. Correct. We keep a master roster of all of the veterans who've attended our program or who have expressed an interest in being part of our group. We This dropped off for a little bit because I lost my volunteers that were doing this, but we're starting to kick it back off. But we have everybody's birthdays. We send birthday cards when we find out if somebody's in the hospital or has had surgery. We send a get well card or maybe one of our vets pass away. And so we send a sympathy card to the family. Last year, we sent out hundreds, probably three or 400 Veterans Day cards to all the members on our roster. And what was interesting about that is we had active duty Navy personnel from the Joint Reserve Base in Fort Worth help us with the Veterans Day cards. Also, we've had local schools. This is one thing that I didn't mention as part of our community engagement piece of roll call is we help schools and other types of places put together programs to honor veterans. We like partnering with schools to send veterans up there to teach the kids about different things. But we partnered with one of our schools, Wayside Middle School in Saginaw, to have the kids make Christmas cards for veterans. So we got several local schools to do handmade Christmas cards, and we gave those in gift sacks to our veterans at the December luncheon. Um, We also send letters to people who are deployed because some of our younger active duty or reserve personnel that are involved in roll call, you know, we just had our our secretary of our board actually was just deployed this weekend. Mm. She'll be gone for six months. And then, um, but, but we'll send letters we write letters to people and it is a, you're right it's a dying art with the, in this electronic age when everything's done by email text message it's really nice to get a handwritten note yeah 
It's wonderful. Yeah. My mother-in-law, Brenda, was a flight attendant for many years, and she will still, if she goes you know, on trips or whatever, she will still send postcards. And just you realize that writing a postcard is an art form. If you can write a good, because there's such small messages, right. you know, and, and that kind of stuff gets lost. So it's yeah. cool that you guys get to do that. I know that these guys, I'm sure, appreciate it, especially the guys that are deployed or that maybe don't have a lot of family. Mm-hmm. Do you, would you say that a lot of the veterans that you work with, that they do have family or they do have people in their lives, or are there a lot of guys yeah. that they really don't? Most of them do have family, yes. But there's, you know, that small handful that don't, and that's who we really wrap around and lift up, and we become their family. And we take this personally, you know. Uh, they fought for our freedom, and in my opinion, they should never be alone. And you, you said that you, I mean, obviously you take this personally, you're running this organization, <laughs> um, but you, you really go the extra mile and extend invitations to, to veterans and, and invite these people into your own life. I do. My, my father was in Vietnam. He was in the 82nd Airborne. One of my grandfathers was in the Army during World War II. I had a great uncle that was a CB in the Navy at Guadalcanal. All of my uncles, my dad's brother and my mom's brothers, they were all in the military. And I still have quite a bit of family that's in it right now. Like my cousins that are my age, their kids are in the military. I tried to join. I couldn't because I had a heart condition, but I really, I wanted to blow stuff up. That just sounded like so much fun. And, you know, God was looking out for me, I guess. He had other plans because the very next year, Desert Storm broke out. Mm. So, and I know my mom, I would have worried her to death, but my dad was a paratrooper. He jumped out of airplanes. So I've always had that kind of adventurous spirit. And anyway, I wanted to serve. I didn't get to. So I see this as an opportunity for me to give back to those who have. And I just get very emotional around these men and women because I'm so proud to know them. It takes a special kind of person, in my opinion, to serve your to serve our country because basically they're signing a blank check with their life you know they don't know what could happen they're willing to die to protect our freedoms and people need to think about that they should not take that lightly and i don't think people think about that enough and so i take it very personally and i want people to know how much they're loved and appreciated and cared for and we just go the extra mile, and everybody on the board is like that, basically. I assembled a really good team of people who are of like mind, who really have compassion for these people, and we just love it. We have fun doing it, and I think our passion shows through. People that come to our luncheons love it. They come Once they come that first time, they're hooked. They want to come back. (laughs) I want to talk about both of those things, actually. But was it surprising to you how this group took over you and your life? Because you really have an emotional connection with the people that you're helping out here. And it started just kind of randomly when somebody asked you to show up. And (laughs) so you've gone from volunteer uh, you got from a person that didn't even know about this organization to a volunteer, and now you're running it. So were you surprised at how much this, this group and these people kind of got their hooks sunk into you? No, not really, because <laughs> they're they're just a great group of people, and I kind of have an obsessive nature anyway. Okay. So I just, I'm like, wow, I love this so much. I mean, I wear, you can see my toenails are painted like the U.S. They are flag. Very, those are some patriotic nails. I have a wardrobe full of red, white, and blue. I mean, if, yeah, I, 
it, it's really taken over my life. I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do when I retire. I'm going to do this full time, 24 seven. But, you know, it's hard not to get personally invested when you meet these people face to face. You know, like, for example, I'm friends. Most of my friends are 90 year old World War II vets, honestly. They're just so cool. They're so neat. I met this gentleman at a luncheon. He was an Omaha Beach. He's an Omaha Beach D-Day survivor. He fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Just the sweetest man I've ever met. And, you know, he he has a son. He has some family. It's not a big family, but I just took to him like he was my granddad, you know, and took my daughter to meet him because I want her to get to know these men before it's too late. You know, she's in junior high and they won't be around forever. And these people are just a different breed, you know, and not just them, but the Korean guys of Vietnam. It's just a special kind of people and it's hard not to love them, you know, but for the ones who don't have a lot of family or we just have a really good personal connection, you know, I invite them over to my house for Easter, Memorial Day, we go out to eat, we talk on a weekly basis. Um, I just, I can't help it. I just love them so much. <laughs> so does your, does it, does your daughter kind of feel like she has a lot of grandfathers now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she feels special because at her Veterans Day program at her school last November, she won the Veterans Day essay contest, by the way. No big shock. She beat out 600 other kids. Anyway, she had four World War II veterans show up to support her and hear her read her essay in front of this crowd at her school. And she, you would have thought she's a rock star now. You know, she had a guy that was shot down over Japan that was captured, that was a prisoner of war, that helped the movie producers with the movie Unbroken. He came to her program. Wow. She had the D-Day guy. She had uh, a guy that was a gunner on a ship in Okinawa. She had another guy that was a tin can sailor in the South Pacific. These guys showed up to her her school, you know. It's just amazing. You've been able to build a build an extra family. Yes, we do. We have lots of neat family members now. <laughs> let's talk about the luncheon. You said that the luncheons are pretty much kind of like the premier thing, let's say, that, that Roll Call does. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, is it just a big get-together for everybody? Well, how it goes, it generally lasts about two hours. We always start our our program with the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, posting the colors, the national anthem. We say a prayer. We give everybody a warning that, you know, if there's any NFL player in here, no, just joking. <laughs> get out now because you're going to stand. <laughs> I'm sure that's come up. <laughs> well, the old guys that, you know, the, the World War II vets are especially sensitive about that. But anyway, that's just kind of a joke. But so then we serve lunch and let people eat and kind of visit. And then we kind of wrap up the eating part. And we have a program that goes along with the lunch. And it's generally revolved around a significant date in history, maybe, or you know, like, for example, this month in April, in April of 1939, um, appropriations were made by Congress to start training the first African-American pilots, which hence then came the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. So this month, our luncheon focuses Tuskegee Airmen, honoring those individuals who had to fight through racial discrimination and segregation and very poor treatment 
but were just as much heroes as anybody else that participated in World War II. So we're having a couple of those guys show up to our lunch. It's going to be great. In May is obviously Memorial Day, but it's also Mother's Day. So we're honoring our female veterans that have served. And we'll have retired Brigadier General Robin Aiken, who has a long and illustrious career and was basically one of the first women in the United States Army to do a lot of different things. She has over 155 parachute jumps. Yeah, so we're really excited about her coming. So things like that. You know, we have, uh, sometimes we have singing entertainment. Sometimes we have gals that dress up in the 1940s attire and fix their hair that way and sing the old-timey songs. In September of last year, we honored our Gulf War and our current OIF, OEF veterans. And I put together a special video with some cool rock music from that those time periods and and had photos and, you know, footage from those different wars. And so we honored our younger veterans, too. So, you know, we try and change it up. We try and keep it interesting and have different guest speakers and programs. And it's a lot of fun. Food and a show. Food and a show. And it's free for veterans. And the one thing that you really wanted to mention about that was it is free for veterans, but you need to RSVP. That's the most yes, important thing. Yes, please RSVP, because as you can imagine, people start coming out of the woodwork when they hear free food, you know. <laughs> we have to turn in a head count for that, and we certainly don't want to run out of food. We want to be able to feed everybody that shows up. And RSVPs are generally due one week prior to the luncheon, which is normally the last Friday of the month. Sometimes we have to change that for certain reasons, but it's the last Friday of the month, and it's free for veterans. It's $10 cost for non-veterans, but Roll Call does not get any of that $10. It goes to the catering company. So, of course, we welcome any other donations to help us keep this fantastic program going. But, yes, please RSVP. You can find information about that on our website under the Luncheons tab. You can sign up to receive our newsletter, and we'll contact you and give you more information about how to get on our list to come to the Luncheons, who to RSVP to, and that sort of thing. And you're looking for volunteers, I'm assuming, always? Always, yes. Because of the kind of more recognition that we've been getting recently, we have more veterans coming out of the woodwork wanting to get involved. We have more elderly veterans in need of assistance. So we need volunteers from all over the North Texas area to help us, especially with our Befriend a Veteran program. And I think that is the most rewarding program for volunteers because it allows them to build a personal relationship with a veteran. If you're really wanting to do some meaningful volunteer work, this is it. You know, it really is. All right, be on the lookout for a lot of different programs this group has, especially those luncheons that are usually happening the last Friday of every month. You're going to have one coming up here in May. Details on their website, roll-call.org. Kelly Martin has been my guest. She is the board president and director of volunteer operations for Roll Call. One last time, their phone number, 817-888-0209. Kelly it was great meeting you. Thank you for what you're doing for Americans Veterans, and uh, good luck. Thank you very much. I enjoyed being here.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 